thank you again to the Children's Choir for bringing so much uh, joy and worship into this space today. Our message this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. If you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word? He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seeds on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. This is God's word for God's people. Maybe seated. Dear Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. I've really loved seeing the tree and the commons grow these last few weeks as people have added their leaves to the branches. The leaves, you remember, are the names of children and youth and individuals that all of you have influenced with your faith. But truly, I think that those leaves are just a small representative sample of the true influence you all have that you just may not be aware of. Um, I'm in the middle of reading Uh, Developing the Leader Within You by John Maxwell, and he writes that sociologists estimate that even the most introverted individual will influence 10,000 people over his or her life. 10,000. That's a lot. And now multiply that by each and every one of you. That's a lot of leaves that we could put on that tree. You may think that your tree looks like this, But really, it looks like this because of the amount of influence you have and the seeds that you sow by living out your faith every day. So that's amazing, but I have to ask, what is our responsibility for those seeds? I think the scripture today helps us to understand what our response should be to the growth and to the harvest of those seeds that we are sowing. So let's talk about the growing, but we won't get too technical because I really had to study about this thing you people call gardening. Um, It's my time for confession, as Pastor Dever mentioned. I cannot grow plants. Uh, If there's anything that we all have learned these last few weeks, it is that I seriously cannot grow plants. Uh, For those of you who are our guests, long story short, um, I killed a tree that was in my care. Um, Two, if we're being honest. A whole tree. Two whole trees. (laughs) So, thankfully the parable here isn't literally talking about trees or plants, but rather Jesus is talking about the growth of the kingdom of God. So how do we help to grow the kingdom of God? Like the farmer in the parable, we can sow the seeds But it is God who provides the growth. I often turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, where Paul writes, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. 
By developing our spiritual disciplines, our holy habits, our fruit of the Spirit, uh, we can help to grow the kingdom of God. But verse 27 tells us the seed would sprout and grow. The farmer does not know how. The earth produces of itself. And that is what tells us that it is God who is at work in the growth. So what do we do? Should we take a load off, kick back, watch it happen? God has invited us to participate in the growth and the harvest of the kingdom. We can do that by keeping the soil rich in nutrients through our prayers. We can do that by providing nurture to the seed through our witness and by sharing the knowledge and love of God that we have with those who are younger and people who are new to the faith. We can use our God-given gifts and talents to grow the kingdom, and we can certainly make sure that we aren't blocking the sun or hindering growth by being unwelcoming, self-righteous, or judgmental. So growth, mysterious as it is, happens through God and with our participation. If you are just beginning on your walk and your relationship with Christ, you should nurture your own fruit and your own growth. And there's many ways to do that. Worship with a community of believers can sustain and encourage our spirit from week to week. And that is one step in the journey of growing our fruit. So I'm going to talk about fruit a lot more as we go through. So I think this is a good spot um, to take a refresher. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Deborah was teaching us about Galatians 5.22, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it is Children's Sabbath, and we have lots of children here this morning. And so the sermon, I felt like, really needed to include some nuggets just for the children and for those of you young at heart. And the best way to remember and memorize the fruit of the Spirit is to sing them. So we're going to list them all out in song real quick. Um, please feel free to sing over me. There we go. The fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't beat the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. All right, good job, good job. That song goes on and on. The fruit of the Spirit's not a lemon, it's not a cherry, it's not a watermelon. It's By the end of the song, you really know how to list out those nine fruit of the Spirit. It gets stuck in your head. It's on YouTube. You're welcome. Another step, so that's the fruit that we're talking about growing. Um, another step in growing our garden is to learn about what we are growing and who designed it. And that means studying the Word of God. And that might sound a little intimidating, but it is only through planting the scriptures as seeds in our hearts and our minds, as Pastor Deborah was telling the children, that we are able to truly be filled with the fruit of the Spirit and be filled with Christ so that in our interactions with others each day, that fruit naturally is shown. Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the more time we spend in the Word developing those, the more likely we are able to greet others in the name of Christ. Luckily, it happens in many ways and places here at AUMC, studying the Word of God. Uh, You can do that on Sunday morning for children, youth, or adults in Sunday school. On Wednesday afternoons, also children, youth, and adults, there are Bible studies available. On Monday nights, men and women have group Bible studies. Tuesday afternoon is a women's Bible study. On Sunday nights, we have our YAPS, Young Adult Professionals, which is a Bible study for uh, couples under 40 mostly with children. Uh, And so all the different ways and places that you can find a group of people with which to study the Word of God. Or individually, you might begin by picking up an upper room, which is a devotional available for free in the commons, and using that as your guide each day. Or an app on your smartphones. There's lots of them to choose from that help us to be sure that each day we are spending time in the Word with God, developing that close relationship. If you're not sure where to start or where to find a place, that's one of the things the church staff is here for. You can find me for all things children and family, our youth coordinator, Chris, for youth, and Miss Susie for adults, and of course, the pastors. Uh, We're all happy to help you find that place where you might fit. But the really important thing is that once you find that place, that you keep at it. Persistence and that fruit of patience is so important in growing a relationship with God and developing the fruit in our life. The Astros, yay, who? They didn't get to the World Series by practicing once or twice a month. It's not an overnight thing. It requires persistence. Would you plant a seed in the ground and then every morning go out and dig it up to see if it was growing? It would die and would never produce fruit. We have to leave it in the ground and let it develop over time. And I know that that is so hard, especially with little children. I remember when I had three children under the age of five and getting them to Sunday, to church and Sunday school every Sunday morning was hard. It seemed like every Sunday morning I was like, where are all the shoes? And why is your shirt on inside out? And no, we can't wear our Thomas the Train costume to church this morning. (laughs) If there are those of you in the midst of that struggle, I promise you, it does get easier. But it is so important because you never know which Sunday is going to make the difference. You never know which Sunday, which lesson will stick in their hearts. So it's Sunday after Sunday, lesson after lesson, prayer after prayer. It is a slow and steady growth that makes the heart of a true disciple. And many of you know that because you've been here year after year, Sunday after Sunday. So I ask you, is your fruit ripe? And by that I mean, are you spiritually mature? Do you have gifts that could bless others? If you do, 
it's time to share it. A ripe fruit on a tree is really pretty, but the fruit never, never fulfills its purpose until it is given to someone as nourishment. It does no good to keep or watch fruit. It'll rot. Rotten fruit is not only bad for the fruit, it's bad for the tree. If you leave fruit to rot on the branch, birds and bugs will come to eat that rotten fruit, but they'll also get to the good fruit too. If you let it go unchecked, bacteria and fungus will develop that could kill the entire tree, and if left unchecked, poison the whole orchard. And for us, the orchard is the church. If we hoard our fruit, if we remain only focused inward on ourselves, then our fruit may begin to rot. And we may reach a point where we are only consumers that begin to focus on the conflict and the hurt and the disappointment. It's only when we focus outward that we are able to see all the opportunities to witness and mission for the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of us are called to stay in the church, training and teaching our adults and children. Some of us are called to be out in the community, serving and evangelizing. But before you know it, there is ministry thriving in and out of the church, and we are all working together for a common good. The word is proclaimed and the word is demonstrated. And our garden is healthy and growing. Verse 29 of today's word reads, but when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. I look around this community and I see lots of opportunities for harvest. In 1985, when this church was planted, the dream was that it would exist in a community that was growing with young families. And I've heard the stories of our first pastor, Mike Dent, going around and knocking on doors, sowing seeds with every visit. After several years in the elementary school, the dreams of those charter members bought this land and built the first building, sowing seeds every time the doors were opened. Several years later, the dream of the Weekday Learning Center began, offering love and nurturing and guidance to all the children in the community, sowing seeds with every chapel song and story. In 2013, we built this building and sanctuary with the hope that we could minister to even more of the now 80,000-plus people that live in Atascacita and we have sown seeds with every concert and worship service. Many of you here today were the ones faithfully sowing those seeds all those years. You prayed for this day, for this church to exist in this community, and now that day has come, and the time for harvest is now. How will we continue to sow those seeds? for all of the more than 25,000 households that live in Atascacita, half of them having children under the age of 18. I wish I could tell you exactly what harvesting looks like, but I have a couple of ideas. 
One way is through the membership vows. Many of us have said them, but I ask us to listen to them again today and think about them. We take a vow as members of the local church to faithfully participate in its ministries by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, and our witness. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness seem like good ways to sow seeds. For those of you who have taken those vows, I ask you to consider um, how you're living into them and celebrate the ways that you are and continue to faithfully do that. But also, think if God is calling you deeper into any of those areas. It may look different for everyone to participate in the harvest. For some, it is singing in the choir. For others, it may be teaching a Sunday school class. For you, it might be acting out the story of the birth of Christ and our upcoming journey to Bethlehem, passing out candy at trunk or treat, or it could be greeting people, not just on Sunday morning, but every time the doors of the church are opened, we need to be greeting 